0: Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to today's Digital Drop-In. It's May 21, 2020, um, and today's title is going to be uh, What's Next for Paid Search with Microsoft Advertising? Um, we're joined today by guest panelist uh, James Murray, who's a product marketing manager for Microsoft, Microsoft Advertising across across Europe. Um, James is going to be outlining some of the key trends that, that Microsoft have have seen over the past few weeks since lockdown um, emerged, um, and, and, and discuss what he kind of believes marketers should be um, considering when adapting the paid strategies moving forward into the next three months, and hopefully as we kind of start to see this rebound and uptick, and we we begin to come out of this this first phase of of COVID. Um, in terms of in terms of the panel, so there's obviously myself, um, Brett Jacobson. I'm a MediaWorks founder and, and CEO. We've got we've got Ben Homer, um, who is MediaWorks head of paid search. Do you want to say hello, Ben? morning, everyone. Um, and obviously, as just mentioned, there we've we've got James Murray, who's, who's product marketing manager for Microsoft advertising across across Europe. Do you want to say hello, James? Hi, and uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on the on the podcast. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah. So before we before we get into it, um, just uh, I suppose my, uh, this is number twenty in our digital drop-in series, which we've been running over the past the past couple of months. Um, uh, as mentioned earlier, there we're joined today by by Microsoft, who are a, a partner of MediaWorks, uh, Microsoft Advertising, which was previously Bing Ads. Um, and, and James can kind of get us into that in a moment. Um, in terms of James's role, and, and, and again, he can, he can explain a little bit more throughout the, the chat today, but James is effectively responsible for, for product positioning across Europe um, and orchestrating the engineering engagement in the region to inform product development across um, the, the network's 14 different territories. Um, some of the key subjects that we're going to look at today is going to be in-market audiences. It's going to be uh, LinkedIn targeting, which is, is something I'm personally really interested in hearing more about. Um, dynamic search advertising, responsive search ads, uh, Microsoft Shopping, um, and then ultimately remarketing as well. So hopefully there's something in there for everybody, um, whether you're new to Microsoft advertising or, or you're currently a seasoned uh, advertiser. Um, so yeah, so first first question, I suppose, James, just to kind of get us get us going is, could you tell us a little bit more about um, this kind of Microsoft advertising platform as a whole and the driver between the switch from from Bing Ads to Microsoft
1: Advertising. Yeah, sure. So I think um, you know, ultimately, we we've uh, existed as an advertising uh, platform for uh, nearly ten years now. Bing as a search engine has has uh, been around for about twelve years or so now, um, but. Uh, the the drive to sort of move from Bing Ads to Microsoft Advertising was um, really a reflection of where our uh, product is going and how we're starting to bring new new uh, capabilities um, into the platform. So we've always uh, been thought of as a, a search engine uh, marketing platform. Uh, But now with the addition of us being able to do um, native advertising and display advertising and and broadening it across the various different Microsoft properties. So if you think about um, MSN, Outlook, um, Edge and Internet Explorer, um, it made sense for us to to shift away from thinking of it just as a search platform and the the, sort of the wider umbrella of of digital advertising that we can bring from from Microsoft. yeah, so that that that's the that's the main driver, really.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people. I was I was funny. I was quite fortunate. I was in Seattle last April at the global summit where this was yep. kind of announced. I think, or maybe maybe it was last April or April before. Um, and it's it's amazing. A lot of people don't appreciate how many properties Microsoft actually own, and and how you can, I suppose, the 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 different benefits they offer over some of their more uh, sort of well-known competitors in terms of. You know, like you say, Yahoo, AOL, kind of advertising. You know, in Microsoft Outlook, and, and mm-hmm. target people through that way. Um, is the is there more properties
1: that you think that are coming online in the future, James? Or yeah, well, so we um, from a from a um, from a platform perspective, there's kind of there's the, the Microsoft core properties. So so uh, think of those as like Bing, uh, MSN, uh, Outlook. Um, we're looking to start thinking about how we can incorporate Xbox as one of our own properties that we can start to do advertising through. And really we want to make it simple for people to be able to, um, have one platform that they come to that they can then distribute their advertising wherever they want to choose. Um, but I think, I think your point is, is, is correct. That most people don't really realize the strength and the breadth of, of what we offer as a, as a platform. Um, so, uh, Microsoft advertising and then sort of the Bing search algorithm powers an awful lot of uh, other search engines that are out there that people are using all the time. So we're we're the power behind uh, Yahoo and AOL and, in fact, all of the Verizon Media properties. Um, We... Uh, do uh, all of the search for um, people like go and also for um, more sort of niche uh, search engines like Acosia, who are uh, like a, a charity who plant trees for every search that you make. Um, but then we're also uh, partnering with a whole bunch of, um, of websites as well. So people like Gumtree, we run search uh, and uh, ads through their platform, um eBay uh, bits of Amazon so there's there's a, a wide reach when you advertise uh, with Microsoft advertising the the opportunity to spread is actually is is um, pretty significant awesome cool um
0: okay so in terms of I suppose um, sort of trends and consumer changes that you guys have maybe seen over at, at Microsoft advertising what 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 has what has kind of emerged in the last sort of Six to six to eight weeks and and kind of what do you expect to see moving forward as we sort of come out of this 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 next
1: period into this this new normal yeah so I think one one thing to kind of uh highlight which is is probably obvious but but is is just worth saying is that we're seeing more search volume now than we ever have before as people have kind of mostly been stuck indoors. Search has been that kind of lifeline of connectivity for people to get the information that they need and to find services that they need at this time. Um, I think, you know, in terms of uh, the general trends that we're seeing um, from a, from a marketing perspective, uh, consumers are, are changing their behavior in terms of what they're searching for um travel clearly has has taken a big hit because people are less interested in searching for holidays right now but um you know actually we're starting already to see that uh, recover in some of the markets which are a bit ahead of the uk so netherlands for example travel volume uh is is now um back to where it was pre-covid um so there's, there's interest in people searching for travel, um, even though, uh, you know, in the UK right now, still, I think the appetite is, is a bit diminished. Um, retail, we're starting to see a lot of, you know, big shifts really for people looking for more local products and services. Automotive is quite an interesting one because people are searching for a lot of renewable energies and electric hybrid cars, um, perhaps because of, uh, you know, worry about so petrol supply. Um, and then in finance, you know, people are really shifting their um, views and the things that they're searching for to safer, you know, more stable investments. So we're seeing a lot of, of um, consumer trends changing. But what the other thing, which is, a, I guess, a sort of a feature of what's happened during the last few weeks is we're seeing these massive uh, sort of short-lived spikes of, of very intense activity so, you know, when when things uh, started in the UK, <clears throat> we saw unbelievable search uh, volume for toilet roll and toilet paper, which was just, you know, not a big factor before this happened. Um, we saw a, in March a 20,000 percent increase in searches for face masks. Um, and then more recently um hair clippers has been one of the big things you know you can probably see from the state of my hair right now <laughs> um you know that people are taking uh sort of uh, uh and 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 sort of clipping their hair into their own hands and also as people are spending more time at home we're seeing you know big uh, increases in in searches for things like um home and garden furnishings um patio um Interestingly, the, the biggest thing that we've seen growing uh, in the Italian market is coffee makers. So people are making more of their own coffee because they're not able to go out and, and get coffee. So, so lots of interesting trends, but these things tend to sort of spike very rapidly um, and, uh, and, then, and then go back down as, as things tend to, tend to settle. So we're not seeing like sustained increase in search activity for toilet roll, for example. And Ben, are we—I mean, a lot of what James has said there. I know
0: we've covered in a few of the recent sessions, and, and, and this is kind of—does this correlate what we're seeing across all kind of client
2: accounts as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think one kind of key point that, that James mentioned there was how how inconsistent things are. You know, they, they spike for a very short amount of time, and it's definitely something that you know we've been we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks and in the paid sessions that we've been doing is how reactive you need to be um, with this kind of thing because. If you, aren't be, if, if you aren't more reactive now than you were previously, then you're going to get left behind and you are going to miss a trend. Um, a trend may only last for a day or two. And in, in the majority of cases, you might miss that um, because you, know, you, you won't see that trend until the day after it's happened. But if you've got a trend that goes on for a week, toilet rolls being the perfect example, if that goes on for a, a, you know, a longer period of time, you need to jump on that as soon as you can so you're not missing out on the, on the potential that you've got. And in some of the markets that we've got, I mean, we, we've talked about retail quite a bit, but, you know, we've got quite a few clients who were, were kind of looking at it from a, a revenue perspective and saying, you know, it, it, revenue kind of died down a little bit when, when we went into a little bit of lockdown, but it was, you know, it wasn't about let's just stop everything because there, there will be this rebound. Um, and, you know, we were kind of prepped for that rebound. We knew it was going to happen and, and it allowed us to really get the maximum opportunity that we possibly could do so so yeah it's just about staying vigilant keeping an eye on those trends and, and making sure that you follow them and make the most out of them cool and and, and i suppose james what
0: so you know i totally appreciate that the, the trends have changed there's these rapid spikes how how have you guys seen advertisers kind of responding to these changing consumer behaviors and, and different user trends and what different tactics have maybe people been deploying or become more popular than others
1: yeah great question i think um ben i think you, you you captured most of it perfectly but um i think it's important to say that that uh, two things one is like it really depends on the kind of advertiser some people are um understandably being a bit cautious and, and maybe are pulling back a little bit um others are you know others are flying and booming right now um it, it does depend on the advertiser, and clearly that depends on your business and what you're doing. Um, but I think you know, right now is actually a, a phenomenal time to be thinking about advertising. There's this um, there's this great quote which I which I like that you know, when times are good, you should be advertising, but when times are bad, you must be advertising. And um, but I, I think especially right now, we're just at that tipping point, particularly in the UK where things are going to be inevitably easing off quite soon. And um, so we, we've we come out of the worst of that period of kind of like panic and lockdown and, and you know, um, deer in the headlights and people not knowing what's going on. And we're starting to, to see the, the rebound and recovery. So I mentioned uh, earlier in some of the other countries where they are a few weeks ahead of us in terms of the kind of the lockdown and then easing, uh, in the netherlands and then we're also starting to see um in uh, spain as well that uh, the appetite for search is starting to recover um, you could see it almost immediately in the netherlands after the prime minister made his announcement that you know lockdown restrictions were going to be easing people were almost immediately starting to um you know change their search behavior to go back to you know seeing the recovery in some of these markets that we that we have seen take a hit um, what we haven't seen is that um, even though the consumer demand is, is is coming back, that the advertiser demand is coming back at the same level, which means if you're an advertiser right now, you have a phenomenal opportunity to get all of the same volume uh, that was there previously, but in a less competitive market. So your CPCs and your, and your CPAs are going to be cheaper. Um, and, and particularly, you know, on our platform, um, where, you know, we don't have the same, uh, volume and the same level of competition as, as say Google, where, where things tend to be much, much more competitive. Um, you know, at this moment in time, just as we're starting to see that comeback, I think is a phenomenal opportunity for people to get great volume, good conversions, um, at you know much cheaper prices than they'd be seen ordinarily, because they if you have that first mover advantage and you're you know a little bit braver at coming back earlier, then then you're going to get those those clicks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, James. And I think I think we've again, Ben. You know, we we we've, we've sort of seen this and, and explained this opportunity to a lot of our clients that there is this window over the next, like you say, three to six weeks where people might be a little bit slower to be not as reactive, slower to switch on. But like you say, the audience is there. You know, we're seeing transactions. We've seen some retailers beat, beat week on week, sort of year on year. Last year, performance in the last couple of weeks because they've switched back on and they're kind of, they're taking advantage of that that kind of hunger that the audience have got to make transactions when they've been sat maybe just sort of holding back and sitting in this research cycle and now they're kind of moving through to like right i want to make that purchase i want to buy so i mean ben we've seen a few a few opportunities like this as well haven't we across the client base
2: yeah absolutely i mean just to follow on from what james said cpcs are probably at the lowest level they've been for a few years you know since the the market was a lot less competitive. You know, that was the only time that they were cheaper was when there was less less advertisers. But now that there's more and more people getting involved in the paid landscape and, and becoming part of, you know, the Microsoft platform and that kind of thing, it does get competitive. Um, but, but right now, I think if, if it's not something that you've done previously like James said, it's, it's a perfect chance to do it. And, and the main reason being that it's whenever you loan something brand new, it does take a, you know, a little bit of time to get going. There's quality score, there's trust factors and all these kind of things that you've, you've got to start to build and they affect CPCs fundamentally. You know, you will start, you, you may potentially overpay at the start to, to have a long-term future, but right now, all the CPCs are so low, there's, there's no real disadvantage. You know, the disadvantage that you might have had previously in a really competitive market now isn't there. So, it's literally the perfect opportunity to, to kind of jump on and, and start it and try all this kind of thing because longer term, CPCs are going to go down and you're going to be in a better place a lot quicker than you would have been, you know, six to 12 months ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, guys. And I think, I think what we're stressing to people is to, to use this opportunity to invest and in to get yourself ready for that rebound period. It's no good kind of switching back on end of July when the world's come back alive because you don't want to waste that quarter doing all of these refinements, optimizing and, and getting yourself in a position for kind of Q4. I suppose the opportunity is now to be to, to use these next six weeks to get in the position for when that kind of boom uptick. Hopefully Q3 kind of comes. Um, I suppose. OK, so on the back of that, have we seen uh, any sort of recommendations or what have we seen people doing to just to to, to, to make the most of that, James? And, and things like automation and new features that the platform has that can help people take advantage of this?
1: Yeah, I think so we um definitely automation we will we'll come onto that in a in a second. I think we we talked we we hinted at, at the beginning talking about remarketing. Um particularly at this time, I think remarketing is one of the best things that you can be doing. Um just because uh you said that there's that kind of pent up um uh, desire for, for customers to, to spend, and they've been probably doing a bit more research and have been a little bit more cautious in the last few weeks um, than than ordinarily they would have been. So, so remarketing as a as an opportunity is is massive because you can see the intent happening, but not necessarily maybe the conversions. Whereas if you have with remarketing, that gives you a second chance to have. Uh, that kind of um, chance to talk to your customer and to get your message across about the, the product or service that you're trying to sell. So, to me, that that is critical. But um, you know, one of the things that uh, the, the benefits of working with an agency like MediaWorks is, you know, you guys have got all of that sort of benefit of insight and really sort of smart thinking about how do you make the most out of something like remarketing. So it's not just about switching it on. That thinking about, normally, we'd be setting much longer sort of remarketing windows, uh, whereas if your remarketing window started pre-COVID, that's probably not relevant anymore. Having those shorter windows in, in this time means you're getting much more accurate data. And so, you know, those are the kind of things which I think are, are really important to think through. Um but automation, you know, we are seeing this generally as a as a trend that increased automation is helping to reduce the need for manual optimization. And what that does is free up uh, everybody who works within search to really think about the, um, you know, the, the strategic things that you want to be doing rather than the sort of the rather boring bits, which actually a machine can handle you know, pretty well. So multiple iterations of doing the same thing is is actually not particularly good use of people's time. The more that you can automate that frees up the the sort of um, the smart, you know, intelligent pieces of, of what uh, marketing and advertising can be. And I think the two big uh, opportunities for automation, um, you know, right now is uh, with dynamic search ads. Um, so this basically also allows you to capture those um, very high sort of uh, spikes of uh, traffic, which you might not be anticipating. Um, But if you have relevant content on your website, we can dynamically um, create ads to to bid against those uh, spiking keywords in real time. Um, And then responsive search ads. Um, So this basically allows you to take um, up to sort of 15 different headlines and four different um, descriptions um, and then you let the, the AI take care of how it puts all of those together in different combinations. So you can have up to 40,000 different permutations just from those initial set. And it will run all of those ads, work out which ones are best performing, and then optimize to the ones that work best, depending on who the person is that the ad has been served to. You know, these are the kind of things that trying to do multivariate testing for 40,000 combinations is just you know, would be would take such a long time and is and is um, you know very tedious. Being able to automate and then free up the time for you to do that sort of really uh, critical, deep strategic thinking of how you want to think about um, bid strategy and stuff like that. That's that's the key that we that we want to get across. Yeah, I, I think the, just yeah, to, yeah, just to, just.
2: Sorry, I think just to add to that, you know, automation is something that, that we've adopted over the, the past two years. And I know it was actually one of the, the kind of main focal points for the, the recent Digital Breakfast um, series that we did was around automation and, and how it can really kind of revolutionize a, a business. And I think the one thing that really kind of put it into perspective for me, who's, who's been on both sides of this, so automation now and pre automation, is the amount of time that we used to spend on adjusting bids for a, a, what is a very minimal, minimal change is it was a long and painstaking job. And, you know, if you were doing that all day, every day, like I was, it was just, it it, it just, it wasn't worth what you were getting out of it. You were seeing some positive results, but you weren't getting the maximum out of it. And especially when James touched upon, you know, things like responsive search ads, the the way that it, it, it kind of used to be done was you would create different variants of ad content. You would review them. You would see which one worked best, get rid of the worst one, replace it with a new one. And that process was just, ongoing forever whereas now responsive search ads you you know you give it that those so many different combinations that it can go out and test for you it can do a lot more than a human can do um and and that's the reason that this is this is really important it frees up that time for you know us to not think about the shorter term you know changing bids for something that's going to happen next week is great but what you want to do is free up the time to think about what's going to happen in a month or three months or six months and that'll really help revolutionize businesses and fundamentally grow
0: I think that's it. It's it's you know this AI technology. It, it's about empowering humans, isn't it? Not replacing them, and it's yeah. about helping them work smarter, faster, better, more effective. And I think yeah, you've got to embrace it, or, or you're going to be left behind for sure. Um, yes. We've had a we've had a, a question come in from from Ivor Hobbs. I hope you're well, Ivor. Um, And uh, hello, chaps. Uh, we've seen a reasonable uptick in financial investor behaviour. Um, do you expect the Q3 boom you mentioned to translate to the investor in property buying markets? Um, I mean, James, is that, is that something that you've seen from your sort of trends and behavior? I know we, you know, for me, property, eh, you know, th- these kind of recession situations always create winners and losers in that market, I think, and opportunities for people. But it's always that reluctance of where are you in that cycle of, of when you invest? But Are you seeing an uptake at Microsoft of searches around property and the financial behavior?
1: Um, so I don't, I don't have the specifics on the, on the property vertical, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you for sure, um, what, what we're seeing as a general trend for finance. Um, we are seeing people be a little bit more, um, cautious right now, um, uh, and are certainly sort of de-risking, um, their, their thought about how they, um, uh, sort of invest, Property generally has always been a very sort of um, thought to be a, a sort of a safe investment um, because you always have the, the asset at the, at the end. Um, but, you know, like you said, in, in these times, um, if we go back to uh, the last recession um, in, in sort of 2008, eight nine, um, we saw that that, that had a, a massive sort of slowdown effect and it took a long time for, for it to recover. Um, because it, it just meant everyone was a bit uncertain about what what was going to to happen, and I think, um, particularly right now as well, with um, you know uncertainty around uh, schools and when schools are going to go back, people are it, looking to move house is going to be a lower priority for people. So I I don't know for for sure in terms of the search volumes, but I would I think there would probably be a bit of cautiousness.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, uh, in terms of Ivor and, and his business in, in particular, I think one of the ones he's referring to is around um, that sort of financial investment in, in kind of larger uh, comm- mixed use kind of commercial properties. I think it's, it comes back to Ivor probably getting that messaging right. And as James said, if people are looking for a safe investment, something which is going to give them a steady return in a really uncertain time, then I think it comes all about those, those key marketing messages of, of the you know your business how it's backed the, the the risk portfolio associated to it and i think you know you guys definitely would present uh, a very safe secure opportunity for someone to invest in but it comes back to probably the right messages and then utilizing the right tools like microsoft advertising platform and some of the things james and ben have, have mentioned today about just how do you put that message in front of the right people at the right time when they're in the right stage of that kind of buying cycle, and then and then we target to them, remarket to them. So definitely opportunities, I think, for that sort of commercial investment sector for sure. Um, I suppose just conscious of the time, guys, bringing us probably to the to the final question, James. And the area we want to look at is um, obviously you're constantly developing the platform. You're constantly looking at where to go next, how to how to add new tools and beta tests and trials. What's kind of what's on the roadmap for Microsoft Advertising and and what's kind of coming down the, the pipeline for me, certainly I'd, I'd be keen to understand more about the LinkedIn side of things and how that can tie in, because that's a really unique element to your platform versus the likes of Google, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, so the, the, the previous question, I think is a, almost a perfect uh, case for, for why you might want to use something like LinkedIn targeting. So um, just to take a step back. So for um Our sort of broad philosophy in terms of what we try and offer for Microsoft Advertising is that as much as possible we want to try and offer parity of feature that what Google offers, because those are the things that most people are familiar with. Then we're also looking for how can we be different and innovate? And with LinkedIn, um, since we acquired LinkedIn, um, that is a unique proposition for us now to use some of that data in in interesting ways. Um, LinkedIn profile targeting specifically allows you to have like another layer of targeting based on people's LinkedIn profile uh, data. So we can target people by job function, by um, the industry that they work in, um, but also the company that they work for. So this clearly has a lot of like um, B2B uh, opportunities. So if you want to target people who work in investment, for example, uh, you can use that as a as a uh, targeting feature that you can then bid boost uh, and then you're getting your message in front of the right people. Um, but it also has a lot of, of B2C. I think it would be a mistake to think of it only as a B2B opportunity. So one of the things that we found for um, an insurance company uh, was that um, they found that by targeting uh, particularly people who work in the construction industry, they were having immense um, conversion rates, much, much higher than, than uh, some of their best sort of performing campaigns. And the reason why they saw that was that um, uh, they offered travel insurance, but often people who work in construction uh, have a sort of a higher propensity to have pre-existing medical conditions, and therefore they find it difficult to get travel insurance. So by targeting those people with a very sort of specific message and a specific offer, um, they found that they were able to get incredible um, sort of results. So so that capability is unique to us that you can't find anywhere else, but gives you another sort of layer of really sort of interesting facets of people's sort of work lives and how you can target them in in um, in a different way. Uh, and I think that that's a great that product is available now um, for you to to try. But we're going to be for the roadmap, we're going to be um, expanding that that sort of further. Um, I think in terms of like just a couple of other things, um, we're really excited about um, multi-image extensions. So we we've another unique product that we have uh, is image extensions, the ability to add uh, photos and images into your ads on the SERP. Uh, but now with uh, we have this pilot for multi-image extensions where you can have a carousel of images, um, which works brilliantly on mobile, but also is a great way to sort of make your ads stand out with an eye-catching format. Um, and then one of the other things that we've, we've also, we've done a, a limited test. Um, we did a test with Samsung for the release of one of their latest phones is 3D ads. So where you can, in the SERP, have uh, a 3D model of whatever product you're trying to sell, uh, so if you work in automotive, you could have a car come and you could have a 3D model of the car in the ad pop out and people can change the color or the trim or they can have a look inside or um, whatever they want. So we have a few things which we are building towards that are you know unique to us, which are differentiators. Of course, we're going to continue to, to um, with the platform, push to get us to a stage where we're having parity with what Google offers, but we want to do stuff which is unique as well.
0: Absolutely. No, I mean... Ben, I know that there's a few of our clients and, and, and they sound really exciting, particularly kind of the, even like you say, B2C examples with LinkedIn of, of like automotive client we, we worked with where they were advertising executive level saloons, the people with like a director job title, and they were advertising smaller cars to kind of junior titles, just simple little things like that, that might just ensure a better conversion, you know, another five, six, 7%, whatever it is, but. We've kind of we've got a few ideas about how we could utilize that Ben moving forward for clients I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've actually been doing this for quite a while now. Um, and I think just to, to give you guys an example, it's, it's probably the most relevant one in the time that we're in, is um, we, we have a client who is an online webinar a webinar hosting platform. And, you know, we're spending, I mean, we're doing this on Zoom right now. So, you know, there's, there's people spending more time on Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all these kind of different platforms. And it was kind of like we knew there was going to be a huge uptake. in in this kind of you know these programs and all this kind of stuff so how could we maximize on that by hitting the right people at the right time so you know one one kind of key industry for us um we all live in it is digital you know we're all doing this we're all on zoom all the time we're all on Teams. so you know focusing on specific niches that really are going to want this product um maybe not even just the shorter term to cover while we're all staying at home but how much is life going to change when we're back in the office? You know, are people going to be spending more time doing Zoom conferences with clients or, you know, instead of going to a meeting down the road, do you just jump on a Zoom call or whatever? So we're kind of thinking longer term. So we had a look at the, you know, the digital landscape and that is just one particular niche that, that we went after. And, you know, a simple case of just making sure that you're more competitive in that market by bidding up on specific audiences that are relevant to you has completely changed the game for us. And, you know, those guys saw record, as you would expect, numbers um, of kind of interactions and and conversions. So that's just one really simple, really easy example of how you can utilize LinkedIn to to kind of maximize uh, maximize performance. Yeah. We, yeah, and I think I suppose we've, got, we've had a couple of questions. Well, one in particular,
0: I suppose we can probably get to just before we wrap up, which is um, how do you see the healthcare health insurance market performing given the pandemic, but with it also being a disposable income purchase? I mean, again, James, you've 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 touched on that. You know, the specific example there. We've talked about financial investments. I think. You know, are, are you seeing people taking things like obviously their health and, and investments in that area more? More, are uh, you seeing searches around that area increasing and rising?
1: Yeah, health is health is is booming as a as an industry because suddenly, well, I think two things: uh, people are are more conscious now of their of their health than they ever have been before. Um, th- we've also maybe less. Um, obvious we've we've seen a a real um, shift in people also taking greater interest in like anything to do with um, sort of environmental sustainability Um, so that that plays across many different industries in terms of uh, like people looking more for refurbished phones for example to be more environmentally conscious or um, people looking to reduce their plastic use and that, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think this this period of kind of introspection has made people think more about you know maybe some of the bigger issues, so things like environmental sustainability, but also um, about uh, health. So I think healthcare is is certainly one that is that is um, you know going through a, a big surge right now, um, and so for us that's about how do we make sure that we also sort of tailor some of the products that we have to make sure that we are catering to, to some industries where maybe they have um, tighter sort of restrictions and controls on what they can and can't say in their advertising. Uh, so just one example of that is is um, we mentioned dynamic search ads, um, we've built a, a, a an add-on to that called Static Headline. So you know that in some industries, so pharmaceutical, uh, finance, um, you can't just have a dynamic ad because then you have to include certain sort of disclaimers or pieces within your ad to make sure that you are legally compliant. Um, so we give you the option to do that now so you can get the benefit of uh, using DSA in a way that still can go and bid on those terms that might not be in your... Uh, campaign that you're bidding on uh, but you can have a static headline which includes all of the the key sort of information that you need um, so we're going to continue to, to do that and to invest uh, in that so that the you know whatever industry or vertical you work in that you'll find something that is going to um, you know work for you and be and be useful for you.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, I think um,
1: I think that probably brings us brings
0: us to a close. I'm conscious of everyone's time. Uh, in summary, you know, um, I, I would highly recommend everybody considers investing in, in Microsoft advertising as a platform if you're not already. I think they own around 21% of the UK search market now and growing. So it's definitely an area that you need to be considering, especially as James mentioned earlier, the reduced CPCs on the basis that it's not as competitive as as other uh, potentially more better, well, or other comparable platforms. Um, I think, you know, continuously watching for for different rapid fluctuations. Can you get in early enough to kind of ride that wave? If you've missed that wave, maybe don't focus too much of your attention in those areas and potentially start to think about what that next wave could be. Um, Automation is going to be key. Use all of the the AI and the tools that are available to you to, to not replace you know, yourself or the value you're adding, but help empower yourself to be faster, smarter, make quicker and more intelligent decisions. Um, and I think think about new native offerings that, that can come to, that, that offer new opportunities. You know, like James mentioned earlier, things like your eBay platforms, your Wall Street journals, your, your gum trees, your things like this, where you might be able to insert subtle remarketing messages to audience and, and, and potential prospects that you haven't previously um, and yeah, I suppose the, the big one for me that I'm really excited about is, is, is how LinkedIn emerges as a really unique targeting tool within that Microsoft advertising platform and, and think about your target audience. And is there a way that you could you could utilize job role and these kind of unique LinkedIn features to be a little bit smarter on, on, on how you, you run your strategies and your campaigns moving forward? Um, that's that's been us. Um, thank you very much to Ben. Thank you, James, for joining us today. Um, it's been awesome to have you on the podcast, and um, yeah, we'll be we'll be back next Thursday due to the bank holiday, which is May twenty eighth. Uh, with Facebook looking at how they're approaching this from a social perspective and what they've got coming moving forwards, and what, what trends they can support us with. So, thanks very much, everybody, for coming on. Cheers, James. Stay Thank safe. You. Enjoy, and uh, yeah, cheers.